Hello and welcome to the 16th edition of Don't Listen to Us. I'm Sean King. I'm Melissa King. How you doing? I'm great, Thomas. You are so great. <laughs> a beautiful Sunday morning. Hopefully you folks got a chance to see the uh, the video I posted of my wonderful silly wife <laughs> oh. doing her little shake. Oh, and I put the shake. It was, it was, it's so painfully cute. I tease you about it, but it's painfully cute. How, for those folks who may not have seen the video, you can go to my, my uh, another website, D-O-A-M-M. Dot com that's diaryofamadman.com and see the uh, the YouTube video I posted. So I'm in here. It's a Friday morning, 9:30. I'm working. You know, I'm checking email, I'm reading Twitter, I'm doing what I do. And Melissa comes in, and goes, "Don't say a word. Don't say a word." And I'm like, "What?" She goes over and sits down on the other side of the room, and she's got her what's it called? The device. Oh, it's my Nutra Bullet. Nutra Bullet. Yeah. Blender type. Yeah. Super blender type mm-hmm. thing with all the ingredients in there, and she's going to mix our morning shake here in the bedroom. <laughs> and why were you doing it here in the bedroom? Because I don't want to wake up my boys on school vacation. <laughs> Being a nice mama. You really are. That was so cute that you did it's that. very loud. And and so, But it's, it's not so loud that it's going to wake up a 12-year-old. Even if it doesn't wake up a 12-year-old, it's 9.30 on Friday. Oh, come on. It was just being out of school for a week. No, it's just such a tough life being a 12-year-old. <laughs> teasing. I know. I'm teasing. I know it's a bit over the top. Well, you you are a very good mama. You're very sweet I and just, you're kind and you're generous well, to I'm everyone, not, not just your son, but no, more so to him. But than, Roy's than, not. Like, he's not the greatest waker-up. He's really a terrible waker-up. Like, he's best when he just wakes up on his own, yeah, you know? Yeah, yeah. Because so. waking him up, he turns into a zombie. He does. He just sort of... Stops. Yeah, yeah. There's like this gap in yeah, time. Yeah, it's just bizarre. Yeah, so I did. I did our shake in the bedroom. And of course, I had to videotape you of doing it. Of course, he had to videotape me. Because you were so cute. <laughs> because and I then you little shake in the middle I of know, it was right? hilarious. <laughs> and then chucking socks at me. Yeah, I threw a sock at his head, and oh, from my end, bounced off his head. It was hilarious. Oh, yeah, she pinged me right in the head. It was Bing! very funny. It bounced really high. Um, emails, uh, as always, thanks to you guys very much for sending us emails uh, to dltu at yml.me. Still haven't gotten any more reviews, which is kind of ticking me off, folks. Hmm. You know, I'm kind of unhappy about that. Still only four reviews. We've, we've got 1,200 listeners per show, and only four of you can bother to get up, your, up off your virtual asses yeah. and leave us a review. I wonder how our friend who reviewed us feels about the swearing situation. I bet he stopped. If he feels better. I'll, I'll bet he just unsubscribed. Do you think he unsubscribed? I think he did, yeah. Well, that would be very sad. Because we, we took that to heart. Not really. And, no, we did. <laughs> <laughs> I did. Um, so email, we got email from uh, John Kalon. I think John's in Alberta somewhere, if I remember correctly. Hello, John. The discussion in episode 15 about the ice checkpoints inside 100 miles of the U.S. border reminded me of the linked video I watched a while ago. You can indeed say no to those people because it's unconstitutional. It'll take you more time than it would to comply, but still. Whether it's unconstitutional has not been decided by the Supreme Court, who are the only ones who can decide whether it's unconstitutional. And yes, it will take more time. The problem is... Are you willing to go to the effort, and this is always going to be the issue, are you willing to go to the effort to stand up for your rights? And that's the key. That's the absolute key. If you're a U.S. citizen, yes, it is unconstitutional for a 
um, uh, a law enforcement official to say, prove your citizenship in the, when you're in the United States. Show me your passport. Show, show me your papers. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. The police can ask for your driver's license mm-hmm, for mm-hmm. identification purposes, but not for citizenship purposes. So what's happening is uh, the, the Border Patrol guys are catching everyone in a very, very large net and catching very small fish. Mm. Like they stopped a thousand people and caught one guy. Mm. And he wasn't that bad of a bad guy. Yes, he was an illegal immigrant, but you know, wasn't that bad of an illegal immigrant to go through all that effort for it. Mm. How far are you willing to stand up for your rights? What are you willing to do for your rights? You're in a car. You're driving from Maine to go see family in New York City. Border Patrol stops your car and says, if you want to continue down this road, you must prove to us that you are citizens of the United States. You can, you have every right in the world to go, go after yourself. That's right, you do. But the police also have every right, unfortunately, to say that you can't travel down this road. We will not allow you to go further down this road. Now, your next step is to raise a fuss, call a lawyer, call the, call the, the, the state police, call, call, call. Or... It's to prove to them that you're a citizen and then be on your way. How are they doing that? They've only got the driver's licenses and things like that. How are they doing it? You basically have to convince the guy who stopped you that you're in fact a citizen. <sighs> okay. So how much effort are you willing to do to stand up for your rights? That's well, the problem. People in general would rather not be inconvenienced, mm-hmm. air quotes, in challenging this kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. I remember I got challenged by a cop... Uh, sorry, rent a cop in uh, New York City because I, he said I was photographing something I shouldn't have been photographing. Mm-hmm. Now, I know what the laws are more so than he does. So he tried to stop me from taking pictures. And I said, I have every right to take pictures of this thing. I'm going to continue to take pictures of this thing. And this security guard, rent a cop, got all puffy on me. Mm-hmm. And he said, I'm going to call the police. I said, You go right ahead and call the police. Now, what Again, air quotes. A normal person might have done is gone, eh, I can't be bothered. I'm walking away from mm-hmm. this. <clears throat> but me, because A, I'm a big stubborn SOB, mm-hmm. and B, not afraid of the police. C, I know what the law is. And even if the cop that comes up to me doesn't know the law and arrests me, I don't care. It's not that big a deal. I've been, <laughs> sad to say, I've been arrested plenty of times. <laughs> it's oh, not. Dear. <laughs> it, everyone should be at least <clears throat> once. If nothing else, and to get that fear of arrest out of your system. And maybe that's part of the solution. People have this maybe this mental image of what being arrested means. That the cop take you in a room and beat you or something. You know, maybe you're watching too much old old TV. Mm-hmm. But it's not that, it's really literally not that big of a deal. They put you in handcuffs. They put you in the back of the police car. By the way, we're very, very tiny back there. <laughs> <laughs> For a great big guy For like a big, big guy. You know, they process you, but nothing bad's going to happen in the police station. So maybe people need to get arrested in order to realize, oh, this ain't no big deal. So the rent-a-cop gets on his little radio, you know, station called police to this location. Da, 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 da. And I'm like, okay, dude, dude. And I took pictures of him, too. Cop comes and says, you know, what's the problem? And the rent-a-cop says, this guy is taking pictures here. And the cop looks at the guy and goes, uh, okay, I'll talk to him. And the cop comes over and goes, what are you doing? I'm just taking pictures. Why? Because it's a really interesting angle. The light was hitting this building in, in, in a certain way. He said, 
are you allowed to do that? <laughs> he's <laughs> so asking he's, you. The cops asked me. Because he's just a New York City beat cop. He doesn't know, right? He's used to people robbing and stealing yes, things. He has more you know? important things to do. Exactly. And I said, yes, officer, according to the law, I'm, uh, if I'm in public, I'm allowed to shoot anything I can see in public unless it's a secret government building. And we're in middle of New York City. There's no, there's, that wasn't, there are secret government buildings in New York. That wasn't one of them. Um, and, and so I said, you know, the rent-a-cop is just, I said, I'm being respectful. That's the key, too. You always have to be oh, yes. respectful of these guys because mm-hmm. they can use any probable cause they want to arrest you for other things. You have to almost be over polite. That's right, them. exactly. It's officer and sir and please and all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And I said, uh, officer, the uh, the security guard there is wrong uh, in, in, in what he... And the cop was like, yeah, I thought so. I didn't think it was okay. He said, just hang on a second. So he walked over to the security guard and the security guard just sort of turned and walked away after the cop talked to him. Cop came back to me and he was talking about cameras and that kind of stuff. And I, and I said, do you guys do any training in this kind of stuff? He said, what do you mean? I said about photography, what photographers are allowed to do and what they're not allowed to do. He said, no, we don't, we don't get training. There might be a, a thing on a wall somewhere, but we don't get a, a training like we do in harassment and, and other sort of things like that. So, how we, so that took me probably half an hour. It was a half hour out of my day, out of my life. I was willing to give that half hour up in order to uh, prove a point to myself, to assert my rights, to make me feel good, to know I'm not going to get pushed, pushed around by some rent guy it's very important that at least in North America you know what your rights are it is that's part of the problem is that people right. don't you know for example a cop is not allowed <laughs> legally if you take a picture of something a cop cannot come up to you and say delete that picture that picture is, is you shouldn't be taking that picture you're not allowed to take that picture first of all if you're in public you're allowed to take that picture and secondly a cop without a court order without a judge mm-hmm. cannot tell you to delete a picture mm-hmm. or take your camera without you being under arrest mm-hmm. or take your camera and delete those things without uh, without you being under arrest mm. so stand up for your rights absolutely and i also think a lesson in that too hopefully is for the rent cop i've heard stories particularly you know since security in all forms and measures has been so much a part of our lives and everyone worried about it these rent cops can often they go beyond their boundaries yes, and people are allowing it because people get intimidated yeah. or they just need to move on with their day and they're just allowing them yeah. to, um, I mean, my father-in-law was dragged from a store as an older man and he, they literally, the security guys in the store, dragged him from the yeah. store. And so people have, that's the problem, people have rights, but they don't know what they are. That's right. And yeah. then also you want to just get on with your life. Yeah. That's part of the For problem. For example, if, if you get caught, shot, or accused of shoplifting, and Rent-A-Cop cannot in any way, shape, or form prevent you from leaving the store. He can't touch you. They, they can't touch you. He can, all he can do is call the police. Mm-hmm. You can walk away. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And he But if he tries to restrain you, that's restraint. Exactly. That's assault. And that's battery. That's, you can call that kidnapping. That's right. If they take you in a room and lock you in a room. Mm-hmm. They're not allowed to do that. And that's happened to me one time. It was, it was so funny. <clears throat> and to be clear, I've shoplifted a lot of shit, okay? So just, I ain't no angel in this one. But I just come back from a job interview, so I was dressed kind of nice. I had a little, little, little sort of fancy, not fancy, a little, little briefcase. And I walked in. It was a London Drugs. And I walked in just to buy a magazine. And so I picked this magazine up. It was, ironically enough, I remember this. It was the latest Macworld magazine. And 
so I wanted to open it up. So I bent down and put my briefcase down mm-hmm. and opened it up and just flipped into the page like you would do. I put the magazine back. I bent back down, picked up my briefcase, started to walk away. Mm-hmm. As I almost out the door, security guard, excuse me, excuse me, may I speak to you? Yes, can I help you? I think you've shoplifted something that's, that's in your bag. Well, you're wrong. I started to walk away. He goes, no, 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 you, you can't. I said, you know you're not allowed to touch me now, don't you? If you need to check my bag, you have to call the police officer. Mm-hmm. Have a good day. And I started walking away. Mm-hmm. Sure enough, I get to the end of the mall, and there's a cop outside the mall waiting for me. Mm-hmm. And the cop says, you know, can I see in, in, in your bag? I said, sure. And I opened the bag up for him. There was no magazines, and there was my resume, and there was, you know, some briefcase stuff, that, that, that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. But because I knew my rights, I knew the rent-a-cop couldn't do anything. Exactly. Hmm. And another email from our friend Dave Martin. He's uh, talking about peanut allergies. He said, I was born in 1961. I knew two kids with peanut allergies. My school class had 45 kids. I grew up in a smallish town, and we got a lot of our food from farm stands and our garden. I think pesticides are being used way too much, and that, that started when I was a kid. I remember my mom not liking it. The small farmers was how she handled it. He also mentioned something about uh, a, a company in the U.S. that not, not enough is known about called Monsanto. That has been doing a lot of genetically modified, genetically engineering of uh, the food in America. I don't know if there's been, ever been a direct link between what Monsanto is doing, GMO food, and these allergies that we have kids nowadays. I'm not going to discount it. I'm not going to say it's a fact, but it's certainly a possibility that should be looked at. Mm-hmm. Um, pesticides in general, yes, we use a lot. There's no doubt we use a lot of pesticide mm-hmm. on all of our food, herbicides and various things to kill bugs to get a greater yield for our food. It's one of the reasons why our food is relatively cheap is because farmers can get more of it out of the ground by using these kinds of methods. It can easily be argued that pouring tons and tons of man-made chemicals on our food, and most of us don't wash our food when we when we um, eat it. No. I don't. I, I do. I like to I wash don't. my food. I generally don't. I, I, we go to the store, we get, we get mushrooms and potatoes, and I cut them right up. I don't, I don't clean either the mushrooms or the potatoes. Mm-hmm. I fry them up. That's mm-hmm. it. We're done. Well, the heat, I think, should. It yeah. sh- in theory, it, sh- it should. Yeah. But uh, I'm just now starting to rinse our strawberries. Oh, yeah, no, I wash strawberries for sure. But a lot of us don't do that sort of thing. No, no. And do we know, We, in theory, they're supposed to, they should, the restaurant where we had our strawberry shortcake, did they? Yeah. Probably. Maybe, probably. Maybe, You know? It's funny, it's, I'm reminded of a, a guy, gorgeous young man that I knew in, when I lived in Kitsilino. Um, super health conscious, vegetarian, long-haired beautiful musician and he would wash all of his food in detergent like he would like spend he'd go shopping and then he'd wash it all you know he's one of those real natural kind of earthy guys yeah. and he i said to him once i said you are sick all the time he was always sick coughing sniffling i mean every time i saw him and i used to think hmm what that is over diligent but yeah. it didn't make any difference Probably possible. still sick all the time Dave Martin, thanks very much for the email, buddy. I appreciate it. Um, as always, email is uh, dltu at yml.me. We've been spending the weekend uh, puttering around, doing our outdoorsy stuff again. You've yes. been painting. I've been, I actually used a belt sander. A be- I've never used a belt sander before in my life. It was kind of scary. Oh, it was? Have you, have you ever used a belt sander? I haven't. It goes, it's a very, very high-speed thing with spins. 
and because I'm not that smart, I, I hadn't realized what the spinning actually meant. So I, I put the belt sander down on the thing and hit the button, and, boom, and the belt sander runs away. <laughs> Luckily, I didn't drop it or anything. But it kind of freaked me as ah. Sanded foot. Exactly. <laughs> but it's fun. We're, we're actually building a, a, a bench out of uh, artisanal wood. Yes, we're. <laughs> Recycled, reverbished, retro wood. <laughs> yes. <laughs> we had we had a bunch of old old uh, beams and logs here, and we just cut the bed ends off it. And I'm sanding them down, and we're going to uh, finish them and stain them, and we're going to make a, a little concrete bench. Out we're of making our bench with cinder blocks. It's going to be a lot of fun. It's going to be a lot of fun putting it in our beautiful fire air fire pit. We're making, area. making a fire pit, and, and you've been mm. staining and and. I've, oh, my studio just looks gorgeous. My yoga studio becoming very domesticated. Well, it's fun. We got deer fun. running this morning at six a.m. There's this crunch, crunch, crunch sound. I look outside and there's this fairly large. I think, I think you describe him as a teenage buck. He was a teenage buck. He had magnificent antlers, or freshly fresh, velveted. covered in fresh velvet. He was quite the sight to be seen. I'm such a city kid. That's the first time I've ever seen a male deer. Is it really? Yeah, yeah. and at certain times in the fall that velvet will start to fall off and he'll look a bit silly because it'll be all hanging yeah. there getting ready for his um but he was going to town on our apple tree he was going out he looked so funny what's that funny cartoon that you watch is it the last oh, i don't know he looked funny up on his I'm, I'm, again video on on twitter or on facebook you know it's fine the, the apples drop on the ground he's welcome to eat them apples are hanging in the proverbial low-hanging fruit he's welcome to eat them but this little bastard is jumping up on his hind legs and standing there for a while <laughs> he looked away. odd it, it, it was kind of weird like it, a far side it, cartoon it, it did. <laughs> It looked, odd. it looked like Ted odd, this deer on his hind legs I chewing on the apples. I know, just I didn't like, yeah. <laughs> we live in paradise. It is. Butterflies it is. flying through our yard and humming, but just gorgeous. There's deer all over the place. There's at least that, so that adds to, uh, to five to the deer. There's one female that wanders around by herself. Yes. There's a female with two fawns. Brand new ones. Baby, Brand new, yeah, baby, maybe baby. a month, two months old. Oh, yeah. Wandering around, they're coming in and out of here. And now we've got a, a buck. Maybe that was that daddy. Maybe that's daddy don't, deer. They, they don't stick together, do they? Deer. Oh, no, 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 no. De deer are like college boys. They're just fucking wrong. <laughs> yeah, that, yes, that's right. <laughs> like sorority boys. <sighs> Who is this for? This is for uh, Dear Abby. Dear Abby. Dear Abby, after my future son-in-law moved in with our daughter, my husband and I stopped by for an unannounced, unannounced visit. He answered the door in his underwear. Never bothered to put it on a pair of shorts. We didn't say anything, and of course, didn't stay long. Close to Christmas, we bought him a robe. My husband jokingly told him, we figured you didn't have one since you stayed in your underwear when we were here. Even after that, he still does it. Oh. I finally told my daughter, since he doesn't take a hint, please tell him to put on clothes when I'm coming over. Since then, we've stopped by dropping off the grandbabies, and he still doesn't put on shorts. It happened again today. I asked him, please, throw on some shorts. And his response was, you're killing me in my own house. But he did do it. They rely on us to help with our granddaughters, but I'm fed up with having to see him in his underwear. I also don't think he should go around that way around his six-year-old stepdaughter and his two-month-old daughter. What are your thoughts on this? No, put on some shorts. Put fucking pants on, dude. Jeez, that is gross. Jeez. You know, I mean, we, I mean, I love to be at home all free and easy and have very little clothing on. But if somebody came by, I would run in and Now, get the dressed. first thing 
when I first read this, it was said my husband and I stopped by unannounced to visit. My first thing would yeah, have been Yeah, well you're unannounced, you're unannounced. But, hey, I'll run in and grab some shorts, hold on. That's right, exactly. Yeah. yeah. So that one time and, Fine. and and solution then is, hey, we're coming over. Yeah. We're we're five minutes away, yeah. kind of thing. But he kept doing it. Yeah. And after they gave him the not even a hint, we figured he didn't have a robe. Oh, and which I think was a lovely very idea. Cute, very, it was very yes. Funny. And then he kept doing it? And then no. say, you're killing me in my own home? No, oh, dude. No, 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 sorry. These are your in-laws. They're the Future in-laws. Oh, future. Oh, oh, the children are there, but they're not married yet. Yeah, he's he's not even, he's not, this isn't even, no. they're not even married yet. No. He's not even trying to impress his mother-in-law. And I've got to tell you, in my, I have to share a life experience as a young girl having a stepfather that used to walk around the house in his underwear. Ooh. It he influenced me hugely. How I old mean, were you? I was in my like pre-teen oh, years, no, and the, no, I know no, no, that it was no. like there it all was yeah, no. all the time. That's what he would do, and I d was not okay with it no. as a young girl. Did you say so, something to your mom? Sorry. Did you say something to your mom? No, I was. And your no. mom didn't stop him. I guess mom just didn't think about it. Yeah, you gotta think about it. Like stuff. he didn't hang around all day, yeah, but in but the mornings still. he'd get up and he'd be oh. oh I, hell, I have to remind you to put on a robe <clears> when <throat> you go get coffee. I know it's true. I like to walk around naked. Put some clothes on, says Mr. King. <gasps> Why? Because you have a twelve-year-old son. <laughs> oh, I know. Shame. Uh, he hasn't caught me yet. Him and his he's, little friend, they had a sleepover the other night, and I got up really early and slump out into the kitchen naked, and and there they are. And yeah. I had to sneak back. <laughs> they didn't spot me because they had their little faces in their iPads. Yeah, you, you got to remember that. Yeah, you've got right, impressionable children right. around you at all times. <laughs> My 17-year-old grandson bought his 17-year-old girlfriend of barely two months lingerie from Victoria's Secret. I think this is very inappropriate. He thinks I'm a dinosaur. Guidance, please. 17? They're both 17. Hey, Grandma, mind your own business. Yeah, I was going to say, um, um, yes, I agree, sweetheart. Mind your own business. That's perfectly fine. They're at a young age where this is going to happen. But the advice columnist says um, she encourages the letter writer to have a non-judgmental conversation about the gift with the grandson. But only if they have a close communicative relationship already. If you just think it's too sexy for 17, then probably best to see this as a stolen horse, barn locking type situation. That's wrong. Mind your own damn business. This mm. has got nothing to do with you. Mm. Mm. It's your grandson. Yes, you're assuming that they're having sex, but it's, it's up to his mother, mm. his father, her mother, her father, grandma. Stay the hell out of the conversation. Yeah, yeah no. Because I don't even want to think about the fact that my grandmother knew I was having sex. Yeah, that's right. my mother. So, yeah, have your grandmotherly relationship with yeah. your grandson. You don't talk about the propriety or impropriety of lingerie. And besides, it's from Victoria's Secret. It wasn't that sexy. Oh, it's not. It was made really? of it was made of rayon to begin with. They're not very it's not, good. It's not it's sexy awful. at all. No, I agree. Not, with not, you. not I don't sexy like Victoria. at all. Sorry, Victoria's Secret, but I, I don't. It's just, I, I, I'm in, and this goes, I guess, against what I usually say is, you know, be, have open, honest, communicative relationships with people. But in this situation, grandmother and grandson and, and lingerie, no, you, no, you, no, you don't have no. the conversation. I, I, I think that it's, it's worth, I hope the parents know and that they're being safe and cautious about all the things that yes. they should be. That's but all. that's a parental thing, not... Your it's thing. not a grandmother. Unless grandma was the sole guardian caretaker. Even then. 
at 17 you should have if let's assume grandma is a sole caretaker at 17 you should have already had a sex talk with the kid but you don't have i don't think you have a talk with him about what he can and can't buy a 17 year old girl no all you do is say you got condoms or is she on the pill or whatever and And then leave it right right i get you I, well, we can't remember if we've talked about this before, but if we if we have, apologies, but we have to again because it's hilarious. Kathleen Demlo, this is an obituary in uh, Redwood Falls Gazette in southwestern Minnesota. The obituary is for Kathleen Demlo, nee Schunk, was born on March 19, 1938, to Joseph and Gertrude Schunk of Wabasa, Minnesota. Okay. Perfectly fine opening to an obituary. Yes. She married Dennis Demlo at St. Anne's in Wabasso in 1957 and had two children, Gina and Jay. Again, normal, everyday obituary. Mm-hmm. In 1962, she became pregnant by her husband's brother, Lyle, and moved to California. Oh, Uh-oh. Uh-oh. <laughs> it goes south from here. Getting messy. She abandoned her children, Gina and Jay, oh. who were then raised by her parents and Clements, Mr. and Mrs. Joseph Schunk. She passed away on May 31st, 2018 in Springfield and will now face judgment. Oh! She will not be missed by Gina oh. and Jay, and they understand this world is a better place without her. Oh! Holy shit! Oh, oh. <laughs> to go to the effort of actually printing oh that. They have a photo of her too, don't they? Yeah, she's a little old lady. Oh my god! Well, I hope they feel better about it. I hope they've cleansed themselves a bit doing that. That is brutal. Oh. Apparently, reading more about the story it was a Jay, the son who posted, who wrote and posted this obituary. Yeah, there was a big stink in the local newspaper whether they had they should have published it or not. Like someone should have read over this thing, gun. Really? I was thinking that too. Like, do, did someone read over? But it's his right, isn't it, to no, print that? No, you don't have a right to get things printed in, in, in a newspaper. The newspaper says we reserve the right to not post anything, okay. classifieds or news items or whatever it is. Okay. So that's where the newspaper gets in trouble. The newspaper mm-hmm. should have just made a decision. Even if the newspaper had read this, I don't think it's a problem of the newspaper. Well, no. Uh, don't speak ill of the dead. I mean, we have, we we have that those thoughts in our heads. We have these weird attitudes about well. death in North America. Do you are obituaries reserved for saying nice things about the person? Oh well, that's a slippery slope. I mean, all sorts of things could come out of that. If people were going to start to post bitter uh, statements about, you know, if there were vendettas against people that were dead. Well, one of the things is. Know. Most of this is factual. She was born on March 19th, 1938 mm-hmm. in Wabasa. She did marry Dennis Dulo. She did sleep with his brother mm-hmm. and abandon her children. Mm-hmm. She did pass away on May 31st. Yeah. Now the opinion comes, she will now face judgment. Yeah. <laughs> and she will not be missed by Gina and Jay. Well, and that's, it's all that's, factual. There's that, nothing. That's opinion. And yeah, that's, it's not that bad. It's not. They're just if, saying they aband- she abandoned us. It wasn't bitch die in hell kind no, of thing. No, although- they could have done Well, kind of. <laughs> but they've done it in a very straightforward way. She will face judgment. That's it. And the world's a better her. place without her. Wow. wow. Oh. Now, I've had some issues with my mom, but nothing like that. <laughs> I never would have written that obituary for my mom. <laughs> 
I can say my mom was a lying ho ho, but, <laughs> but I still loved her. Of course, I would never, never. Yes, but you that. loved her because you had an association with her. Yeah. She raised you. This woman left them. That's, that's right. Oh, God, I think about that, and it does put me off her a bit. It uh, it cracks me Sorry. up. It's just a very very funny, just the idea that you would. I wonder um, if they feel better having done it. Like, now she faces judgment. We won't miss her. That's a good question. Um, the, the, it depends, I guess, the reasons why you're doing it. Maybe you just hurt. I know, again, speaking from personal experience, I am, was, and am very hurt that my mother never explained to me her actions that caused my issues with my three fathers. That's a whole different story right there. So that hurt and anger will carry with you because you never, you didn't get closure. That's right. From, from that relative, from that family member. Same, same with my father. Um, all, again, all three of them. Uh, so do they feel better getting things? I think it depends on the person. Do you feel better getting that, that stuff off your chest? I know when I wrote my stories, again, if you want to find out, go to doamm.com. You can read both my three dads there. Um, so... I know writing about this helped, made me feel a little oh, bit yes. better, mm -hmm. but not the same as looking them in the eye and go, why did you do that? I can probably guarantee that Gina and Jay would have liked to s sat down with their mother after all those years and said, Mom, why? Why did you leave us? Mm -hmm. Every kid wants to know that. Mm -hmm. Every adopted kid wants to know that. Mm -hmm. You know, Every kid, even with parents who die of normal causes and, and things. I'm sure many parents, many kids think, you know, Mom, Dad, why did you leave me? Mm -hmm. And they died of cancer. Oh, yeah. Well, you, know? you hate that. You, you get mad at them. You get mad at them. That's the right. thing is, forgiveness is for the forgiver. And I think true mm. freedom comes from forgiveness. Hmm, it it, it yeah. doesn't, it, it has to be about, not about that other person. It has to be about you and about thinking, I will forgive that person. Hmm. Because you're not that person, and you can never know what reasons people do things yeah. for. But that's why you want to talk to them and, have, and, and get those explanations. That's true, and that might help, and it might not. Yeah, that's right. It, 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 may or it may comes not. down to forgiveness. Uh, I've been asked to be a bridesmaid by a long-time, 15-year, and very dear friend. She's marrying into a great deal of money, and she's having a huge, expensive wedding. That's fine. The problem is that the dresses she selected for her bridesmaids start... At $7,000. That's right. $7,000 is the price of the cheapest of her choices. And that does not include alterations, shoes, jewelry, hair, makeup. The dress that she favors comes in at $15,000. I pulled her aside and told her that I would have to back out of being a bridesmaid. And I told her why. I can't afford the shoe, dress, the shoes, the accessories. I told her that I would be happy to participate in another way. And if that wasn't possible, then I would be content to be a guest. She was very, very upset with me. Told me I couldn't back out, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Should I have told her my limits? Read the cost of the dress. Yes. yes. If she wants her beloved friend to be in the wedding party, then pay for it. That's right. I never understood that whole bridesmaid I. thing, where the bride the bride picks out the dress and expects you to wear it. Yeah. And they're almost always ugly dresses you're never going to wear ever again. Yeah, well, I hope now it's more of a collaborative um, thing that brides and, and, and their bridesmaids do. But I, 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 I didn't know you had to pay for it all. Though. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. At least traditionally, I think with grooms, it's easier because grooms, the bridesmen, 
groomsmen, groomsmen um, get tuxedos. And they rent them. But all. they rent them. Yeah, yeah. And a tuxedo rental is 100 bucks yeah. for the day. Yeah. And so either the, 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 the groomsman himself does or, or the, 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 the only wedding. I can't remember if Glenn rented our tuxes for us. The only wedding I've been to, except my own, um, was my, my friend Glenn and Susan's. And um, Glenn, Glenn rented us tuxes. But I don't remember if we paid if for them or not. But it didn't matter. It was like 100 bucks. Yeah. You know, it wasn't that big a deal. Mm -hmm. So for grooms, the whole easier. But yeah, brides generally expect the bridesmaid to pay for oh, the dress. Oh, I didn't know that because that poor girl would be in debt for years, no and, years shit. and years and years and years. For your years wedding. Years for that person's wedding who's marrying into money and is probably going to be a housewife of wherever. No. No. Sorry. Bite me. Oh, sorry. No, no chance. No. no chance. If she can't accept that she's quite willing to partake some other way or be a guest, then she's not a good friend. That's that's the key. That's the other key about this. Yeah. Is that if this woman wants to be a bridezilla, she's going to lose what she might consider to be a good a, friend. A good friend, yeah. And you're better off without that kind of pe person. Oh, okay. A few years ago, I took a job across the country where my large, wealthy family lives. I spoke to these people weekly and spent my summers during college in their guest houses, so I considered us close. Unfortunately, I fell for a housing scam trying to rent remotely and had nowhere to stay. Not one of my grandparents, aunts, uncles, cousins would let me stay on their couch for even a few nights. I ended up getting arrested for after sleeping in my car for a week and fired after missing work due to being in jail. My car was impounded. I had to check in a homeless shelter. During this time, my entire family ghosted me. It took me years to recover, but I'm doing great now. When I stopped being homeless, my family just appeared back in my life as if nothing had ever happened. I'd always been a conscientious house guest, never had any kind of substance or emotional problems. I've asked a few of them why no one helped me, and mostly got excuses like, oh, we were busy planning the wedding at the time, or just didn't want to get involved. I don't really want to fake my way through the holidays this year, or ever again for that matter, but I really don't want to have to call each individual to let them know I don't think they're much of a family. Would it be fair to ghost them back? Oh, just don't. Speaking. Don't what? Just, I'm sorry, I would have to just back away. Yep, could, ghost them. I'm just, sorry. No. No. You, you, you have fair, you have fair weather family, and what's the old old line? They didn't help you at your worst, so you don't no. talk to them sorry. at your best. I mean, I know it, it might hurt, but nothing could hurt more <clears throat> than what they did or didn't do. And have, have, having been in this situation, of having a family done something to me, again, diary of a madman, um, that was so awful that I literally cut off contact with my entire family for going on 25 years now. That's the way you got to handle it. You can't, A, fake your way through the holidays because it just makes you miserable. Yeah, no. And no, no. This, in the holiday season that's meant to be joyous, you are filled with anger and resentment and just boiling over with this mm -hmm, stuff, then mm -hmm. don't bother. No, no. You're going to be lonely. I guarantee to you, you're going to be very, very lonely. You're going to spend the first few holidays just crying in your pillow mm -hmm. because you don't have any family. But mm -hmm. guess what? You'll find new family. I was going to say, you You'll start make to new find family. your way. Yeah. And the best part about that situation is you get to make your family. Yeah. You get to choose exactly who you want to be as your family. You do. You don't have to worry. If you have a drunken new family member... That, that, sorry, the family member that gets drunk in the holidays, yeah. you don't get to hang out with anymore. You don't have to be there, yeah. It's the best thing ever. And it shouldn't be an obligatory thing. Unfortunately, it is. For a lot of people, they do it out of obligation. Do the, do the holidays out of obligation. Yes. A lot of people you know, are like, miserable. Uh, yeah. Miserable in the holidays. Yeah. And those folks, again, it was 
not easy for me, but <clears throat> it's easy for me to say, just don't go. When I tell those folks, just start skipping years. Every second year, don't go mm. every year. Mm. You know, mm. if you're going through the time and expense and the effort, and it's just you're miserable for the week of Thanksgiving or the week of Christmas, every two years, just don't go. Mm. Just do what you want to do. Mm. Make up some excuse. Oh, I'm going over to a friend's house for where I have a chance to go skiing or whatever it is. Yeah, yeah. Or, or just, travel. I'm, go I'm busy away working or I'm going on a trip, whatever mm -hmm. it is. Lie your ass off to get yourself some peace and distance from yeah. these folks. And maybe you'll find out that after a year's vacation from them, you might appreciate them more. Unlikely, but Unlikely. it's possible. If they, if they, Give it a shot. Yeah, yeah. I'm so happy to think that. I would never avoid my family on, on holidays. Well, if your family is toxic, if your family is ruining the holidays, you have to. Mm. If, if, if you leave the holidays, you come back home after the holidays, and you're crying and miserable and happy and wish you hadn't gone, mm. guess what? That's on you. You're mm. an adult now. Mm -hmm. That's the radical empathy thing we keep talking about here. You're an adult now, and you've got to start stepping up. Because one of the problems with family is... And I'm pretty sure this is an actual psychological thing, is that we fall back into our old roles. Mm -hmm. oh, we yes. we go to our mom's house and we become children again. Yep. And we we don't stand up for ourselves and and and, and we're not adults around our parents. Mm -hmm. um, and you know we're we're now the nephew of Uncle Jimmy. Mm -hmm. And so Uncle Jimmy's a racist asshole. And we just sort of sit there meekly, mildly. And whereas if you were at a bar with your friends and some friend was saying racist W. Dude, you knock that shit something. off. That's right. Yeah. You yeah. got to be an adult. And yeah. if, if being an adult means standing up in the room and saying, oh, Uncle Jimmy, you're an asshole, then do that. But if, it, if you can't do that, then being an adult means don't subject yourself to those kinds yeah. of Try and be situations. authentic to yourself. Exactly. That's a good way of putting it. Authentic it to yourself. Yes. And it's hard to do. It can be. It can be. My wife and I have been married for just a few years. Early in our marriage, I started chatting with a female acquaintance, and things got verbally sexual, and eventually led to sexual pictures between the other woman and me. Oopsie. <laughs> I saved some of the photos to my phone and inadvertently oh, saved no. them to my computer. No, no. Well, my wife found them and downloaded them to her phone. We've gone through marriage counseling together and are working things out. I have since deleted the photos, but my wife still has them. Mm. I'm ashamed of the photos and don't want to see them, let alone have my wife keep them. Mm. I've tried to delete them from my, her phone, but the photos keep showing up. When my wife is mad at me, she changes her lock screen to an image of one of the photos she's keeping of the other woman. Mm. Oh, man. Oh, yeah. I know I was wrong in the past and would like to move forward, but I find it difficult when my wife keeps the photos. Should I confront my wife or let it be? I empathize with her deeply, but if you've gone to counseling and you have a husband that wants to move forward and move on and you delete the photographs and you try and move forward and move on. This is definitely something they should be talking about in counseling too. Yeah. You should bring this up to the marriage counselor. Like I need those photographs gone. Because she is really holding on to this. Yeah. Yep. She's obviously still angry at you, dude. Yep. He's still pissed off at you. Mm -hmm. And rightfully so, by yes, the way. Yes, absolutely. The tr trust has been compromised hugely. If for no other reason than you're a technological idiot. You saved him to the computer, you dummy, that you and your wife share. Come on! Oh, my God, that is just awful. So she found them. She came across them. I mean, that's just devastating. It's devastating. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. 
And that causes trust, as you said, trust issues it's and all that huge. kind of stuff. It's huge, and you can't, it's so hard because then you're always questioning and wondering. So, oh, oh, that's awful. I'm a lady whose close decade-long platonic friendship with a dude has taken an awkward turn. He lives out of town now, so we mostly communicate online with the odd visit. We both share a passion for hiking. We stopped at a clothing-optional beach when hiking earlier in the year, and he asked if I was cool if he took advantage and let it all hang out while we sunbathed. I said that was fine, though I was going to carry on wearing my clothes. Since then, he sent me a number of Isn't Nudism Great articles? Okay, fine. When I crashed at his place during my most recent visit, he let his towel slip for a moment too long after getting out of the shower. I said nothing. A few weeks later, he sent me a video tour of his apartment, we're four minutes in, he's just casually and totally naked in the reflection of his mirrored closet doors, just for a few seconds. Mm -hmm. There was a heat wave. He's maybe a nudist now. I was uncomfortable, but pretended it didn't happen. Can you see a pattern going here, lady? Yeah. Now, this week, we exchanged innocuous, cool hiking gear purchases. But I realized upon expanding the shot of his hiking boots that his footwear was photobombed by his dick. <laughs> Nudism surely does not equal what feels like stealth dick pics. What to do? Mm. Well, first of all, you tell him, stop sending me pictures of your dick, dude. Stop sending me pictures where you are in any way, shape, or form yeah. naked. I'm not interested. Stop Don't it. want to see. But, that, you know, I've whatever, I've seen it all now. It's done. It's platonic relationship. Yep, yep, I'm thinking yep. he's kind of, yeah. you know, wanting to move on yeah. with that. I mean, that's what it's all about. That's Don't you want true. me, baby? Yeah. <laughs> Here's the goods. Come get them. Yes, that's what it is. Dick pics. Women don't understand this. Dick pics are a reason. The reason why every woman asks. I was when I was when I was dating. Happily, I'm not now because I married this beautiful woman. <laughs> it's okay. You can talk about your dating. Um, you, especially in the first date, you always get around the funny dating horror stories, and. Every single woman said, what is with guys sending dick pics? Oh, it's unreal. It, it, well, there's a couple of reasons for it. The primary reason is that men are stupid. We are remarkably stupid, stupid creatures. <laughs> the other reason is we want you to know what's important to us. And for men, our penis is the single most important thing in our lives. It means a great deal to us. Okay. It is a huge factor. Mm. And this is only partially joking. It's also partially true. It is a huge factor in our psyches, in our maleness. Wow. That's why every guy, every guy, no matter who he is, worries about penis size. We worry that you women are lying to us when we say size doesn't matter. It does. We worry that we're not enough for for women, that our penises are not enough. And every woman tells every guy, it's not just about the penis, you dummy. <laughs> <laughs> it's about the hands and the, the lips oh, and the tongue everything. and everything. It's everything. But we think you're lying. <laughs> but Remember I said from the beginning? Because we're stupid. <laughs> oh, this is we're barely above goldfish, okay? <laughs> Oh my God. How we are capable of driving and building civilizations yeah. and is you amazing. run the world? Give it's, me a it's break. Utterly, utterly amazing because we are stupid. Uh. So we send dick pics. What we're saying is, this is very important to me. 
I want it to be important to you, too. But it's the unsolicited piece that yes. used to get me. It's like, whoa, okay, oh. The other okay. aspect of it that idea. men don't understand, that every woman understands, penises are ugly. They but, are not attractive pieces of flesh. Well, yes. They're ridiculous, dangling things. Yes. I think it's one of God's jokes on mankind. Mankind. Is that the most important thing in the world to us is also when the ugliest is just, it's just it's not attractive. It's not. I mean, it's, it's not really a pretty not. thing. It's, it's worse when you get, well, I don't know what's worse. If you get an unsolicited dick pic that uh, the dick is, let's just say, in its lax state, <laughs> as opposed to the unsolicited dick video. Oh, which, yeah, that's just, are you <laughs> kidding me? I remember getting those. So um, she needs to tell him to stop doing yes, it. She needs right. to say, dude, I don't want to look at your dick anymore. No. I know it's important to you, but to me, it's not. So stop. I love you as a friend, but we're not going to have a romantic relationship, so please stop. Yeah. And, or if and, you and, are, move forward with it. And if it. you continue doing this, we won't be friends anymore. Yeah. That's the other thing you can yeah. do, too. Is yeah. is you can't be friends with someone who makes you uncomfortable. Your friends should make you comfortable, yes. not uncomfortable. Well, and if he's trying to think of a way to get her to make a move, That's what he's, he's doing. really going about it yeah. the wrong way. Look, again, men are stupid. stupid. Yeah. Whoa. All right. I don't know if I'd want to go hiking with him, especially on an overnight hike. I always tell uh, the women who I dated, and I said, you know what the, 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 the easiest way to have a particular man, not all men, but a particular man, uh, stop sending you dick pics? Is when he sends you one, send him one back saying, nice penis, this is mine. This is mine. Because then he'll go, oh shit, she's, she's a man, and he'll, he'll leave you alone. Oh, okay. I won't have a chance to do no, that anymore. No, you won't. Will <clears throat> Bummer. How can I get people to take my professional job seriously? I am a cuddle professional, also known as a cuddleist. The field is born of the need for affection in a society that is suffering from chronic social isolation. Touch deprivation, interpreting all touch as sexual. We acknowledge the need for food, water, and rest, but affection is as important. Do you know what this person does? Do they... Um, they hug people for a living. Oh, it's not just um, newborns or no, premature... No, people. People. Like full-grown adults. You hug and you cuddle and you snuggle and you... And they get paid for you that? Spoon. They get paid like stupid, ridiculous amounts of money. Oh, you're kidding me. I kid you not. Who's paying them? Other people. The problem is that many people are not familiar with this profession, and I receive calls from appointments from people who don't know it's a serious profession that has nothing to do with sex, sexuality, sensuality. Not allowed in the profession. There are many rules, but I have to constantly educate people. Use my apartment as my office. How do I convince people that cuddlists are serious professionals who have to go through training and testing? I'd like people to understand that lack of affection is a serious need and not something that should be taken lightly. What would you give it? What would your advice be? Well, first of all, I think there's that beautiful, big, round East Indian lady that goes around, and I think she does it for free or donation. <laughs> so does Santa. Um, sorry, no one's going to take your profession seriously. I'm sorry, and I need to know, does that person build capacity and teach other people how to hug other people so that they're not the exclusive hugger, cuddlest of, of the city where they live or whatever? Oh dear! I'm a cuddle professional. Yeah, no, no, you're not. I'm sorry. No, this is a made-up profession. Well, if they're saying there's training, big deal. I can train people. I can call myself a cuddle professional. I can cut and teach you how to cuddle. The the (laughs) they are probably right in the sense that um, 
It says the field is born to the need for affection in a society that is suffering from chronic social isolation. Okay, okay you know, yeah. I'm not going to disagree with that. But a cuddle professional, I don't think, is the way you get through this. Well, if people are socially isolated and, and lack of touch is, is a huge issue, I think it's deeper than just going to someone who's a cuddlist mm. and getting a cuddle. <laughs> but I anyhow, I've what? never heard. I've heard of never heard of this. I've heard of therapeutic touch, yeah, which is different. a very real thing. But no, never not a cuddle. I, I know that there are people that voluntarily go into neonatal um, yeah, that's units too, yes. and you hold the yes. newborns, and it's very important to kangaroo like mm -hmm. to hold them. But you I wouldn't say kangaroo. Um, it's called kangaroo. Oh my gosh! Um, is it kangaroo? Cuddling something that it's something kangaroo where where you hold the newborn next to your body, and that's what your job is. Yeah. But that they're volunteers yeah. that do that. But this is you're cuddling grown adults. Okay. I've, I've seen ads for for like seventy five bucks an hour. Wow! Where and you cuddle you for cuddle, the hour. You cuddle for the hour. They, you, for the you, hour. You, you, you lie down. You can spoon. You can cuddle on the couch. You can do whatever you want. You wow! Cuddle. Interesting. Okay, well, uh, I, I would have to see research on it then. I'd have to see results and all that and evidence-based This is from stuff. a um, Ask a Manager website. I'm in an industry where hotel room sharing is the norm when, you, when they travel. First, so first thing is get out of the industry. You're a grown adult and you shouldn't have to share a freaking hotel room. Okay? Oh, with a stranger, you mean? Yes. Oh. I'm ready to ask, what are the best practices around behavior when sharing hotel rooms with a co-worker? Again, get out of that industry. Oh. Or do what I did is, I ain't sharing a room, I'll pay the extra. I was going to say, pay the extra to what, go what, get whatever your own room. Exactly. I'll, I'll, I'll pay. Okay. I recently shared a room with a co-worker, who is in general a great roommate and great person, who gets up to start getting ready at least an hour before I'm awake. And plays music. He plays it at a respectful volume, but it's a small hotel room. I still can't sleep. He shared before that he really enjoyed needs sound throughout the day. And I want him to get what he needs. The first question is, how do I handle this in the short term? The second question is, would it just be better for us not to room together in the future? Yes. The uh, question is, how can I ask my coworker not to play music while I'm sleeping? Say, can turn you that shit off. <laughs> I'm sleeping. <laughs> with people. I know, Sean. Why do you have to call an advice columnist to say, I don't like to tell them when they're not playing music while I'm sleeping. You just tell them. Grow a set <laughs> and say, dude, I'm sleeping. I don't know why people... And the other thing is, the other guy, how much of an asshole is he? I know, to wake up and play music at five in the morning, I bet. And... How can you not have a set of headphones? <laughs> Son of a bitch, dude. Earplugs, headphones, whatever you need. Yeah, that's true. You inconsiderate shit. These problems can so easily be solved. That's the thing. And, 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 and if that's your big problem in life, well, I think you're doing okay. Really. It's just one of those weird things... That the, 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 again, the solution is easy, but the shouldn't the question should never have to have been asked. Well, it it's always it goes back to what you say: is people need to be honest and upfront and say say stuff. Yeah, there's all this. <laughs> I need to go to a cuddlist. <laughs> <laughs>
And finally, on this episode of Don't Listen to Us, as always, send us emails to dltu at yml.me. My husband and I have been having an argument about this for five years. Oh. I'm really hoping you can settle it once and for all. Whenever we hit heavy traffic on the interstate because two lanes are merging into one because of construction or the like, he immediately puts on his signal and tries to merge, meekly puttering along until someone lets me in. Whenever I'm driving in the same situation, I drive ahead to the lanes that's ending and then merge just as the lane and lane ends. Mm. Often this gets us some honks. People sometimes flip the bird. My husband is mortified, slouching down in his seat, trying to disappear. I think my way just makes the most sense. If everyone merged in that fashion, there'd be no slowdown in traffic in the first place. I've tried encouraging my husband to do the same when I'm in the passenger seat. He gets irritated and says, I'm not the type of person that does that, or people will think that I'm a jerk. Well, I'm sorry, but I hate those people that speed up right, to the exactly. front and nudge their way in. You're a complete asshole. Like it's like, get out of here. You are a complete jerk. You merge the way that merging is meant to be, i.e. that is also dependent on the correct driving of the person you're merging into. It's like people need to slow down, let you in, and that's how you do it. You don't race up to the end. Sorry, you're wrong. That's how I feel about the it. The way you should do it is when you see the situation up ahead that requires that merging... The, the right-hand lane, or whatever lane is the, the lane you're merging into, you signal, and, and you keep going yes, you know, at you a slow your, speed. Yes, yes. Uh, and then someone will let you in and you move in. But those people will just zoom up to the right oh, front. Oh, I think it's disgusting. And here she is saying if everybody did it that way, if everybody did it that way, it would be chaos. Well, that way would be truer to the zipper idea of, you know, the, when you zip up a zipper... All of the teeth are separated, and then they all meet at the merge point, and, yeah. then, and then they zip up. Yeah. So that, in theory, she's right, if everyone would do it that way. But it doesn't work that way. It doesn't always work that no, way. No, you've got different skill levels of driver, blah, blah, blah. <clears throat> no, she's wrong. Sorry. That's how I feel about it. And I'm a good merger. I'm, I, I, I do what she does. Yeah, well, I know. I've driven with you. <laughs> I've driven with you. You're a very aggressive driver, but you're a good driver, and that's different. It's different being an aggressive driver if you're a good driver. I will not zip up to the very, very end, zoom up to the very, like go 100 miles an hour to get to the very end, but I will go, you go closer further. to the end. Yes, but I don't think you get honks and, and, and no. fingers well, we're, and we're, stuff we're because in you do, well, we're in Canada, it's not very yeah. often you do that, but... Our cat is There's hunting a, something. Out, no, out your <laughs> look, Wally, look, look. Wally is stalking okay, my cat. Oh, he's stalking Mandy? Yes. Okay, that's fine. He, look at he, this. he, he can no, do that. No, he can't. She's laying there all happy, cleaning herself. Wallace! <laughs> Sorry, everyone. It's just hilarious because she's the one that's always attacking him. <laughs> Her little 12 year old cat, Mandy, regularly <sighs> kicks the shit out of my poor Wallace. <laughs> oh, oh, my. She is so. Oh, no, he's just he going to sit no. there. Oh, okay. anyway. Oh, it's such a lovely day. It's a lovely day. We're going to go back out and do some more yard work and staining and, and, and belt sanding. It was a silly DLTU this morning, which wasn't you, it? Hopefully, it's always a silly DLTU. That's, <laughs> that's the whole point of Don't Listen to Us is silly. Emails to DLTU at Weimar. Oh, by the way, if you are interested in our Lisbon trip, uh, March 23rd to March 30th, 2019, we are doing... 
starting point photography in Lisbon. We are going to have stupid amounts of fun. It's going to be wonderful. It is going to be amazing. If you would like, up until October 31st, the Early Bird Special is $100 off the classroom. You are responsible for your uh, airfare and the days that you fly in and we'll get the hotel for you not the price but we're going to pick the hotel and you're responsible for paying for your hotel but it's, uh, it's five hundred dollars for the photography stuff and it's going to be just so much fun for the whole week that we're there but early bird is up until october 31st it's a hundred dollars off so if you want to go to the website it's startingpointphotography.com to get more details you can or send me an email to dltu at yml.me and i can send you off the details that we've got so far i'd love to see some of you guys in lisbon portugal next yes. march it'll be so much fun it will be this has been don't listen to us as always thank you guys very much for being tuned in i'm sean king i'm melissa king and i can't i can't get the, i can't get a, a proper ending a proper ending. What you mean? Like you want a, an ending that you use every time? Yeah. One of those. See, because normally what I would say is, um, I've been Sean King. I'm Melissa King. And you've been listening. To don't listen to us. See, oh, you've been listening to. Well, don't maybe listen. you should say and don't listen to us. You, yeah, something like that. Or how about this has been? Don't listen to us. This has been. Don't listen to us. I'm right, trying again. I've been Sean King. <laughs> I'm Melissa King. And this has been. Don't listen to us. Don't listen to us, folks. <laughs> See ya. Bye.